Hello everybody and welcome to episode number four of this podcast and this one is called Who's Your Daddy? And it's going to be a long one, I think, or a slightly longer one than normal but I want to say bear with it and give it the time because I think it's going to be worth it. Now God sometimes talks about himself as a father. He says in this book, he says, if I'm a father, where is the honour due to me? Now, why does God call himself a father? This whole message of Malachi is framed by this idea of a household which has lost passion for its father. What kind of father, though, is he? He's kind of jealous, it would seem, at times. He doesn't let his people off the hook very easily. Sometimes he punishes them in quite an extreme way. If you read wider in the Old Testament, he sort of gives them laws that they can't keep always. And he can come across as barbaric and harsh, I think. It's not without some good 21st century reason that some would doubt his parenting credentials. But there's there's some interesting answers to what's going on here behind the scenes. And if you do want to know what's going on, you you have to get to know what people meant when they were talking about fatherhood in general at that time. So if you want to talk about God's parenting skills, you also have to talk about the other father gods who were around at the time. So let me introduce you to the Egyptian father god, Osiris. Now he brought peace and prosperity to his land by his great wisdom and teaching, right? He goes off to travel the world and to to spread this teaching, and he leaves his sister Isis in charge of Egypt. On his return, his evil brother Set has laid on a banquet for him, but during the banquet, Set tricks him into getting into a coffin chest type thing, and he seals it shut and he floats him off down the Nile River. The wise teacher and the king dies inside of this coffin, and it is the sister Isis who finds him and is able to restore him back to life so that he can reign again. The river Nile annually flooded its banks and continues to. But for the ancient Egyptians, that was the life-giving resurrection work of Isis happening. Now, look at the Canaanite god Baal. He was the father god of fertility. When the rain rain fell and the plants grew, the Canaanites would have known that Baal was on his game, making life happen. But the story goes that Baal dies periodically and has to go down to the underworld to visit the god of death, Mot, and he's trapped there until finally it's his sister Anath who comes to his rescue so that the plants can grow and winter can end and spring can come again. In the Babylonian creation story there is this god Apsu who's married to Tiamat and they have these little six deity kids between them who are the gods over the elements and the sky and the earth. But the problem with these baby gods was that they stopped Apsu, the father, from sleeping. And he got so annoyed about this that the only thing he could think to do was kill all of his children. Now the text says that his face was radiant as he explained this plan to his wife. And so he gets up one night to do it. But just before he could do it, word of his intentions got to his son, the earth god, E.A., A., who then, just in the nick of time, he cast this spell over his father, removed all the things that made him a god, like his band and halo and stuff, and then his son murders him. And the curtain falls at the end of Act 1, 
And here is a family in a complete mess. The father is an ignorant, irrational brute who is at odds with his wife and eventually ends up at the hands of his own children. It wasn't fathers who rule the universe in the ancient Babylonian tradition. It was the sons who were ambitious and anxious and independent. And the sons didn't rule with them, but in spite of them. So ancient Mesopotamia was full of weak fathers and bigoted sons and females stepping in to create situations for life to continue in the face of the father's silly weaknesses. Now imagine these stories being the lens through which you had to think about how you were part of the world. Imagine this being the narrative of life for you. Your divine model for fatherhood was either that they were powerless, distant, needed to be rescued, or that they hated their children and saw them as an inconvenience, something ultimately to be thrown away. Now when you worship a god like that over a period of time, an idea about fatherhood would begin to stick with you, wouldn't it? So with that in mind, Yahweh, the God of the Israelites, blows this caricature right out of the water. The thing to to note throughout the whole Old Testament is God's jealousy. The exact thing that makes him seem controlling, harsh and unsatisfied would have made him, would have been the very same thing that made him utterly unique against all the other gods that people would have worshipped at the time. His jealousy. His jealousy is about tossing aside the normal cowardice, laziness and passivity that was so often attributed to the fathers outside of the biblical narrative. In the Bible's text, what you have is a God who doesn't and won't need rescuing by someone else in the affairs of his household. He is strong, he's passionate about his people and he'll act to save them. The idea that this God was involved in the life of his family was this Jewish legacy that has stayed with us right until now. When Yahweh calls himself father, he reinvents family life in a way that no one else would have known about. No one else knew what the Jewish people were talking about at first. Just look at Deuteronomy 32.6. Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? Yahweh is unique. Apart from his jealousy, it's his goodness that marks him out. He acted to actually make people. And then he decides to dwell with them. None of the other nations had ideology like this. He rescues them from slavery at the hands of the Egyptians. If you were a Babylonian and by some fluke you ended up in conversation with an Israelite, you'd end up being like, wait, 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 your God actually cares? You have fathers who look after their children and are present and active and forward thinking. You have a God who wants you. You have children who are happy just to love you. Can you see the difference that would have made in family life with the opportunity for forgiveness and honesty to thrive? Mothers and children would have felt loved. Fathers would have had some idea about decent character and not just for a period of history either. The legacy of the word father is that individual lives and families have been affected generation after generation by the nature of Father God. Only here in the story of the Israelites would there have been a Father God whose name was worthy to be praised, who really was in charge of his cosmic household. It was with good reason then, 
what he says back here in Malachi about the respect due to his name. He is unique among all other fathers.